0: okay here we go welcome greetings friends it's been about let's see maybe a little over a month since i recorded the last podcast uh back when the pacers still had some of the regular season left uh now at this point on may 1st we are into the second round of the nba playoffs Pacers haven't played a game in three or four weeks Um, so the regular season is over and we are in the playoffs and it is nice watching the playoffs. The playoffs have been very enjoyable for me to watch this year um, because I've been able to catch a lot more games and I was really into the Memphis-Minnesota series, the uh that Boston Brooklyn series those first couple games were uh insane um i liked i got into the pelicans and phoenix series um seeing the pelicans were really um they were they they were impressive in in the first round and um yeah, seeing Herbert Jones block three point shots, um, Pelicans and Ingram and McCollum, Uh Pelicans were fun to watch. Um, let's see, did I watch? What else did I really like? Uh, Denver and Golden State. Uh, that I watched a couple of those games. Um, Golden State looks really, really good. They're fun to watch. Just bombing threes, Jordan Poole. Had a couple insane games, um, yeah. So, anyways, there's just been uh, there's been good, good basketball in the playoffs. It makes you makes you makes me miss the, the Pacers being in the playoffs, um, just because the playoff games are just so much more exciting um, than the regular season games. Uh, but the Pacers are not the Pacers were not even close to being in the playoffs, uh, this season, uh, this, this, this episode, I'm doing a, basically just a recap of the, this past season, the 2021, 2022 season. And it was, uh, it was a rough one for the the Pacers. And, uh, it's, I mean, there was stuff that was fun to watch. It it didn't feel that bad to watch. I was still interested in them for quite a bit of the season. Uh, but man, we just lost so many games there at the end, and it's just like, uh it was bad. So the Pacers finished twenty five and fifty seven. Uh, they lost their last ten games of the season. They were a they were a bottom feeder. They're a team that's trying to you know they finished with the fifth worst record in the league. So. You know, they were fine losing and they've lost. The Pacers lost a lot of games. Um, and so we'll see. We'll see how that draft pick turns turns out. The uh, I think it's May 17th is, um, yeah, May 17th is the draft lottery. So um, that's when we're going to find out what pick we end up getting. So right now we're in like in the fifth spot. I uh, so. We'll see if maybe the Pacers could move up. That'd be really exciting if we could jump into the top four. Um, but regardless, it's like that's going to be a sweet pick. And uh, but you know they were the Pacers sucked this year. I, I mean it was a uh, it was a terrible season. Um, just just lost so many games. I was curious this how how this, how bad of a season this was. And the Pacers as an organization hadn't had a, a, a record this bad since 1984-1985 season. So nearly 40 years um, since the organization has been that bad as far as wins and losses. And um, I don't know. That says a lot. That's, that's pretty bad. I mean, worst team in 40 years. Um, so it's man I don't know I think that if you if you're trying to recap this past season um it's just to me it was disappointing um because I was optimistic at at the start of i mean yeah I was optimistic I thought you know we had the team with Brogdon Levert, T.J. Warren was was supposed to be coming back, you were thinking, going into this season. Sir Turner and Sabonis, uh, we had Chris Duarte as a rookie, you know, like we had um, reason to be excited, I thought, with the new coach, and I thought we had talent, and I thought the Pacers could be, at, you know, a top four team in the East, um, kind of like where Cleveland ended up being to start this season. But um I thought that you know this and this season. Looking back as we're recapping it, it's like it started out pretty. Uh, I would say average to good. Um, the record wasn't great. The like the first fourteen games, the Pacers were six and eight, but they lost those first two. The first two games of the season, they lose by one point in each game to the Wizards and to the Hornets by one point. And you're thinking, oh my god, like come on, we, like we could have won those two games. So then easily you could be looking at an 8-6 and record rather than a 6-8. and Um, But what I was getting at is like, so the the Pacers started the season and it's like those two really close losses to start the season. In the third game, they beat Miami. And Miami ended up being the number one ranked team in the Eastern Conference. uh, You know, in wins and losses, they had the number one seed. And so that's a good win. Um, and then the Pacers, unfortunately, just this was a tough. It was a tough schedule to start the season. They lost to the Bucks, the Raptors, Brooklyn, and the Raptors, like all in a row. Um, and all four of those teams were playoff teams and good teams. And they're kind of like, eh, not the worst losses. It's just like those are tough games to be loaded in right in the beginning of the season. Then the Pacers go and win five of their next seven. Uh, they beat the 76ers. They beat the Jazz. There's a couple of playoff teams. Um, then they just had some close losses to the Nuggets and the Blazers, and I guess the, you know what I'm getting at is like they had a tough schedule. the The record wasn't there. I mean, but the Pacers were actually they had some they had some bright stuff going still. Miles um, Turner he was doing really good at that time to start the like the first 14 games of the season. He was averaging 14 points. Eight boards, uh, three and a half blocks a game, shooting 40% from three. He was looking good. Sabonis was doing his thing. Duarte looked good. He'd started those first 14 games. Uh, he had like three or four games above 20 points. Um, Duarte looked good to start the season. And I don't know, even though the rec- the record never really was there, I just felt like at the beginning of the season, there was still hope for a while. But then something happened around, like, that 14-game mark. I don't know. Basically, by December, uh, there was already news. You know, the Pacers were in trade rumors, like, in December about anybody's on the table. And when you hear that news, you're just like, oh, okay, well, this is obviously done. Um, There's, like, no turning this around. And... I don't know. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like I'm glad it happened because I feel like we have uh, with what we got back in return for for trading, making the trades we made this year. I feel like it was it puts the organization in a better spot, but I don't know. I just felt like. we We had to give up, like whatever we had, like the talent that I thought we had, which I thought was enough talent to be competitive, like. I don't know, and but, but it just obviously wasn't. And so when, for whatever reason, Levert, like Brogdon, uh, you know, Turner, Sabonis, like that core of guys was just nowhere near compatible enough to uh, make this team any good. Um, so they had to blow it up, and, and they did. And it was time because once you were here, the trade rumors in that December time frame, in it just, I've, I'm probably being a little dramatic, but I just thought it like the play ever kind of reflected that like the, to me, this team just had no chemistry and they had no identity as to like what they were and like how they fit together. And I thought there were some good individual moments and and in a weird way, it almost felt like I'm more optimistic about our players, even though the season was horrible. Uh, like I feel, I feel good about O'Shea Brissette, but I don't know if I would have if we were winning, and maybe he wouldn't playing as much. I don't know, but basically, that that core of Sabonis, Brogdon, Lavert, and T- Turner, it was it was over. Um, and the what you know what we ended up doing obviously was trading DeMontis Sabonis. We traded Karis Levert. We traded away Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, Tori Craig. Um and so really just like, hey, you know, we're moving on from this, from that core. That's nothing that's not what the direction we're going. And um I just wanna, you know, it was uh I think it's better for the Pacers to have Tyrese Halliburton. Than Domas Sabonis, but it's hard to see Sabonis go because he was a he was a he was a household favorite. Like Sabonis was that guy that came in with Vic. He started off off you know he started on the bench, and I just remember right away he every time he came in it was like he was so productive he he'd get eight rebounds you know in twenty minutes of action and you're just like man if he just played a little bit more. And so, like, the first couple seasons with the Pacers, he, he only got – he was came off the bench. That's when we had uh, Thad Young. Um, you know, and, but it was nice. Sabonis was nice. I liked – you know, he brought – to me, it was fun to watch Sabonis play. I liked how he could pass the ball. Uh, he set awesome screens to free guys up. Um I don't know. He went from being a bench player when he got here to being a two-time all-star by the time he got traded away. And so that's quite the progression to and it was fun to be to see him make that as a fan. Um Yeah, Sabonis just seemed like a cool he seemed like he was a cool guy to be like a teammate with and I I just thought it sucked to see him be the one that had to go. Um but I think Halliburton is just a more. He I think Halliburton has the potential to be an overall more dynamic player than than Sabonis, and that's what uh, that's what we're hoping for. So, um, yeah, I, I think you know. Bringing in Halliburton, you know you're you're shaking you're you're really shaking up the roster. Um, but that's how it goes. And, uh, the team was dead and you had to. So I think it's, I think it's good. We're rolling the dice on Hal Burton, 22 years old, uh, six foot five. Next year is going to be his third year in the season, third year in the league. Uh, he checks a lot of boxes and you could, I'm I'm happy to have Halliburton here. I think it I think he makes this team have a higher ceiling and than uh than we do with Sabonis. And getting rid of Levert, um I guess it's almost like addition by subtraction. Uh but you know, the Pacers aren't gonna be able to get that pick because the Cavs didn't make the playoffs. So uh I the way it goes is if the Cavs make the playoffs next year, then the Pacers will get that first round pick. If they don't make the playoffs again next year for, for the Cavs, then I that pick turns into two second round picks, which I'm not sure what year. Maybe that, maybe next year. But really, we're kind of hoping the Cavs make the playoffs next year so that we can get that first round pick. Um, even though it'd be like a late, you know, like 15 to 25 range, but um. anyways, halliburton Halliburton, Halliburton Halliburton it was awesome 26 games that we got to see Halliburton play once the trade happened. he started in all 26 games Iron Man um, he averaged 36 minutes a game too so we, we he got a lot of run out there and I was curious what that would that would be and that's like a top five in the league minutes per game type run that he had. And during those 26 games, um, and he gave us lots of reasons to be excited. I think just having a new face, uh, a new primary ball handler, um, Halliburton, you know, the one of the things that I appreciate about him is the, uh, the emotion that he brings to the court with him, the way he plays, and um, he's tough. I I and I think he's only going to get better in these areas, but I think he he's can be a tough, uh, steady, poised player. Um, he definitely has, you know, room to grow still, but you would expect him to take a good leap. I think this next year, and then probably into year four. So this this coming year, going into year three, I think we'll see a good, a good solid leap from Halliburton. Burton. Um, Hopefully, what he does is take the reins of this team next year, and certainly, uh, you know. And I want to talk about the the potential roster next year more, but like the guys that are kind of in his way from taking the taking the reins right now. Potentially, not saying that he couldn't do it still with these guys remaining on the team, but it would be like Malcolm Brogdon, uh, maybe Miles Turner. Um, maybe but he healed but no way uh you know I, so so i think that brogdon really is the only guy that maybe would have like a oh no this is actually my team kind of thing so i i just hope halberton comes into next season and one of the biggest things i want to hopefully he improves in or feels more comfortable with is just being the guy for this team and i think you know he'll have a chance to be a Kind of a mentor in a way with the lottery pick that we're going to have and hopefully hopefully this lottery pick is like a uh a, like a perfect pairing with Halliburton and it's someone that you know Halliburton can kind of show him the ropes a little bit uh so maybe just some uh, a growth and maturity uh, from Halliburton next season um would be welcomed and just to all overall, like his basketball skills too. Like he could, I think he, I think he'll get better, continue to get better at, um, you know, all the things that he does with his game. And I, I love his game. I love watching his game because I think it's fun that he's passed first and is, uh, you know, I like, I love seeing flashy passes. I, I think that just, uh, I don't know. It's just cool like you want to see no look passes you want like a more up to up style up to up tempo uh game with with alley-oops and you know it's just like more hot like more energy and a more youthful style of basketball to play with and Halliburton, Al Haliburton, brought that and unfortunately though we just lost every freaking game since he was here i i think you know, of the 26 games, I think the Pacers only got like seven wins or something like that. So it just, it the, the style was fun, but it definitely wasn't translated into W's. But at the same time, it kind of felt like we were okay with that as an organization. Um, maybe like by trading away Sabonis, the expectations of us being a playoff team this year, were gone, and I know the pace. The pace by the time they made the trade, they were kind of already out of it. But um, I don't know. I just like I like having Halliburton on the squad uh, over Sabonis. Um, okay, what else do I want to get into here? Um, yeah, I guess I guess yeah. To, to tie a bow on on last year, it was it was a it was a disappointing season. But there's uh there's a flower of hope, which is Tyrese Halliburton, and we know that we're gonna get some additional support with this lottery pick. Who knows? Cross your fingers, you know, maybe it's gonna be a top four pick. Or maybe the Pacers will move up in the lottery. Um, you know, that would be insane. And 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 then you got your two guys, you know, moving forward as Halliburton and this lottery pick. Um Oh yeah. So, so I think what you're doing this summer is hopefully getting those, nailing those two guys. Like you got Halliburton. We want to see some progression with him uh, next year. Something I want to see a season that kind of solidifies him is if he doesn't make an all-star team next year, you know, be on the door or like be, I don't know how the league will kind of uh, perceive him. Because I think if you were to look at his stats uh, like from last season, you know, he probably averaged like 14 a game If when you combine his time with Sacramento and then the time he was here. But when he was with the Pacers, he was, you know, 17, 17 or 18 points a game, um, nine assists. So I don't know if he's going to be in the running for like a most improved next year, but we want to see it. We want to see Halliburton take a big leap. And it's like, I want to see Halliburton have that number one, type energy on a team like the way that like uh basically it's like this is his this is his team like in a in a chris paul type of way i mean he's feeding guys not necessarily just like getting a ton of buckets himself not but he's he's got the energy of the team and it's coming off of him and uh i don't know i know that's a lot to to ask of someone but at the same time, it's like we did trade away Sabonis for Halliburton. So we we're kind of like swapping best player for best player. And, you know, one of the things that Halliburton said in his exit interview was, you know, that one of the things is that you can always, that you're thankful for is when a team is asking more of you. And... um Another thing that he said in that interview that I thought was interesting and it makes me question or wonder like exactly what the Pacers are going to be doing this off season, and how much how much of the roster are they going to want to shake up is. Shit, what was I saying? Oh, I was talking about Hal Burton. Um... Well, shit. I don't know. I mean, I just lost it. Um, Well. Damn. Okay. It was about, I remember what I was going to say about Halliburton. It was the quote that he had in this exit interview about wanting to make the playoffs. And how he hasn't made the playoffs in his first two seasons in the NBA. First year being with Sacramento, second year being last year with the Pacers. And so, if Halliburton wants to make the playoffs next year, then I'm all on board. Because it's like, let's go for it. I think you can look at this roster that we are projected to have going into next season. And this is full-blown homer status because I'm going to look at everything with a glass half full approach going into the new season but Halliburton wants to make the playoffs the Pacers want to bounce back I think I think that they want to let's just pretend that they wanted to go right back aiming for the playoffs again next year Um, what do we what do we actually have how good how good could this Pacers team be going into next season? Well, uh, let's just assume that we basically just keep what we currently have. And you got Tyrese Halliburton, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Now in a perfect world, Malcolm Brogdon has accepted some type of lesser role, more of a mentor maybe to Tyrese. And then also on the court, playing off ball quite a bit more, but also attacking when he needs to attack. Ultimately, I, I'm i going to make a case that Brogden needs to not be on the team going into next season. Just trade him for whatever you can get, because I don't think that Brogdon is in a spot where he wants to do the things that I think we would need for the Tyrese Halliburton era pacers to advance as, first, as far as they can in their progression next year. And I think I think Brogdon kind of just, just kind of like just this weight on top of that, that we just like, yeah, we'll be okay probably if we keep him for a little while, maybe we trade him, maybe trade him later on, or maybe, I don't know, maybe we can still, I, I do think that Brogdon helps us win games next year, so... I mean, that's without question. I think you're definitely losing basketball talent in a Malcolm Brogdon trade because we're not gonna get as good of as as good of a current player like for this season um in exchange for Brogdon. Because I think just I just think the Malcolm Brogdon market is probably pretty low right now. It'd be different if the Pacers were like in the playoffs and he was contributing on like a winning playoff. Team like at least like we win like a series or so like imagine peak like what do you think like what could peak turner sabonis warren Lavert brogdon i mean if all those guys were humming and it worked then i could see a world where they, they they win a playoff series but it did not play out that way so brogdon you know it's he's not he's not necessarily a winning player anymore because last two seasons Pacers have sucked. I mean, bad, bad last two seasons. Um, and so I think it was definitely time to pull the plug on the current roster, for whatever reason it just wasn't working. And I think that, I think that, uh, oh, it wasn't the exit interview that Malcolm Brogdon did, where he had a quote that was basically like when you make monumental changes the way that the Pacers did this past season, he was basically like, there's more moves to be made, you know, and it kind of, to me, made it sound like he was expecting to be traded. Um, I hope that if if that's actually true, that I hopefully that's the case. And that actually is what happens. And, and it's not like, Uh, There's like the trade market. There's like we couldn't get anything for Brogdon So we're gonna hang on to Brogdon Or maybe there's a reality out there where Brogdon and Halliburton and Carlisle are like yo, uh, this we want to make this work right here. Like we have a chance to be pretty special next year Now special I'm putting in quotes, but it's like could because how how good could this team actually be but Brogdon when he's on the court is a good player And I think that let's just in this reality that it could actually happen, but it would be it's glass half full approach. Halliburton and Brogdon are like awesome in the backcourt together. Then you got Miles Turner, you know, anchoring the defense. Miles Turner in a contract year. Miles Turner, I would say, entering his prime. You know, he's gonna be he's 26. Um He's going to be the lone center and in miles turner's exit interview he had a quote about or i'm quoting him where he said something along the lines of being um like this is what he's this is what i've been waiting on being the lone five essentially like he's ready to you know no sabonis is not there we didn't get to see turner without when sabonis got traded turner was out again with injury and that's a concern that's a concern going into next year um, same thing with Brogdon. Brogdon, had, did, Brogdon played like 30-some games last year. He missed half the season. And I don't know. We're just, I mean, it's like you'd like to just pencil them in as being healthy and being at their best next year. And if they were, then you got, you know, Halliburton, Brogdon, Buddy Heald, Chris Duarte in your backcourt for sure. Front court Miles Turner by himself. Um, you know, like an unleashed, we'll call it. And I don't necessarily think this will happen, but it could. An unleashed Turner. Um, we got the lottery pick. And and you know, when you're looking at the Pacers next season, it's like Halliburton and the lottery pick are the two features, and then filling in the edges is like Brogdon, Duarte, Buddy Healed, and those are like your five main scores, and then you got Turner, um, I think, you know, you keep go-go around. O'Shea Brissett, TJ McConnell. Um, who else? Oh, way up there, back, way back up, Isaiah Jackson. So Halliburton, the lottery pick, Miles Turner, Isaiah Jackson, Buddy Heald, Malcolm Brogdon. Like, I think there's quite a bit of talent right there. Um, And if Carlisle and Halliburton and the other leaders on the team and in the organization are like, yep, this is what we're gonna roll with. We're gonna see what we got this year, then cool. Um, Unfortunately for the Pacers, I don't think there's any chance that we're going to be able to bring back Jalen Smith, who ended the season. It was like, oh man, this guy would be perfect to like. I, I wish we could have him, especially like you, you'd rather have him instead of Goga right now. Um, even though Goga showed us a little bit, of, a little bit of something at the end of the season, enough that I think we got to bring him back. And if you're looking at Goga from the glass half full, it's like, okay, this is going to be his fourth season. He's still a young player. Like I think, I think Goga is uh, twenty-three or so. Um, actually, let me get into get into this a little bit. Um, yeah, twenty-three years old, six foot eleven. Goga Goga Bataze. I mean, I bought I bought Goga's jersey. I thought I thought Goga was going to be an all-star, and so this is the last year that we can that we can just write it out. He's under contract. He's still on his rookie contract. And at this point, I don't think you re-sign Goga, but I think you keep him on the team next year just to see what he's got, because there's a chance. What if he can break out a little bit? Because Goga, like he's got some stuff that's really bad. Uh, sometimes it, you just wonder, like, what are, what are you thinking out there? But then he's got some stuff that's really good. You're like, oh, I can't believe you finished that under the rim like that. Like that's that's a real good touch. It's, and the three always looks good coming off, but he he misses a lot. But when he makes it, it looks good, and it looks good when even even when he misses, it looks good coming off the off the hand. Um, he's got some good. He's got a little bit of flash to it. like. No, I mean flash is is a little strong. Flare, more like flare, and. He plays with some energy and some toughness. And I think that the Pacers next year are going to be needing to uh, solidify themselves with an identity that I hope is one of toughness and defense, uh, two-way players. Like, yes, let's have fun on offense and let's play fast on offense. But let's, like, defense is just Defense is just as important. Defense is where we we can always be our, you know, we can always control our defense. And that's what I think that's how the Pacers can um, get back to good real quick. Um, if it's like, let's adopt that and let's go out and acquire and draft players that fit that identity, these two way players, especially good on defense. And I think that the Pacers roster currently already has that kind of going when you look at the guys they traded last year, they traded away Sabonis, Lavert, uh, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, and Torrey Craig. Now you could say that Holiday and Craig probably don't fit in this as much, but like Sabonis, Lavert, and Jeremy Lamb definitely aren't like awesome defenders. They're not positive defenders. They're all negative defenders. We trade those away. We bring back in Halliburton and Buddy Heald. Set Buddy Heald aside, Halliburton, that's another thing that I wanna see Halliburton really improve in next year, is um, just his overall defensive presence. Now, he, are, he gets good steal numbers, he's active, he's long, he's got good size, so like, I think if you're imagining the Pacers in a playoff series, I think you feel pretty comfortable with Halliburton being out there. He's not a guy that's going to get um, hunted down the way that someone like Trey Young may. Um, but how good how how good can Halliburton be on the defensive end himself? Like uh, especially if you're looking at a Pacers team that's um, embodying this defensive toughness uh, mindset. You got Miles Turner, so let's just imagine Miles is able to blossom into the one man. Wrecking crew, five-man, stretch three and D guy you've ever imagined next season. Um, I mean, Turner would be pretty good. And on defense, he anchors it for sure. And then you got, uh, let's see, who else? Isaiah Jackson, awesome on the defensive end. Um, TJ McConnell. Awesome on the defensive end, brings a ton of energy and toughness. Um O'Shea Brissett. I'd say the verdict's still out on him. He's kind of to me is more a little baby more like Halliburton, where I'm thinking like he impacts the defensive end a little bit. It, and this is just how the, the way that I kind of feel it is right now. I don't necessarily know why. Um But I don't know if he's as good as like as impactful as like McConnell or or, uh, I'd say Miles Turner. I'd say those guys are like elite. And then we got other guys on our team that are moving up into elite categories. Goga can be pretty good on the defensive end. Uh, So this team is set up next year to be pretty good defensively. Then you then you. Oh, and Chris Duarte. Yeah. Chris Duarte, he kind of plays both both ends pretty good. He can improve on the defensive end. Uh, But he I think he'll think he'll have to if he wants to play. Uh, because it'll be very interesting to see who the pacers get with this lottery pick and how that changes. We're kind of a little heavy on guards right now. Um, you know, with Duarte and Heald and Brogdon, Halliburton, McConnell. You got Dwayne Washington Jr. still. Um, so if we get an, a, a, if we draft a guard with the lottery pick, You've got to assume that one of those guys is, got to, is going out of there. Um, so that if we do, maybe that's just more maybe proof that Brogdon will be the guy that goes. I think it's got to be Brogden. Brogdon's got to go. Brogdon's got to go. Um, but yeah, I just think I think next year this team, uh, you know, it has a chance to, to be a 500 team. Um, I know we didn't win a lot of games this year, but we were losing a bunch of games without Turner and Brogdon. And what we might be able to get for Brogdon, maybe less. So maybe this, maybe we make a Brogdon deal, and this team is not quite able to be a 500 team. But if you look at like the tier one for sure, what we're gonna have, just set Brogdon aside. We've got Halliburton and Turner, tier two, lottery pick, Buddy Healed, Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte. Then you got Brissett and McConnell. Then the Pacers have basically a first-round pick, but the first pick of the second round, the number 31 pick with Goga, Dwayne Washington, Terry Taylor, a lot of these spots are already filled up. So there's really only a few more positions or, lot, or a roster spots for the Pacers. Um, yeah, I think that there's a chance that this team can be pretty good. They could definitely be good on the defensive end. I, I struggle to see where the scoring necessarily comes from, um, unless the lottery pick is a scoring option. So that's, I hope that it is. Hopefully it's a scoring option with some size. Um, I don't know, it'll be really interesting to see what the Pacers do this off season, who the Pacers draft and what they end up doing with Malcolm Brogdon. Um, The Pacers also have cap space going into next year. I don't know. I don't know what I feel right now. There's a couple of guys that I'm, I'm interested in um, seeing. Like, is there? Could we be guaranteed that TJ Warren would play in the opening game um, of next season if we offered him a contract right now? Because if we can, then I would be interested in offering a contract to TJ Warren. Especially if we're just saying, hey, you know what? As an organization, we did reload. We're de- like we're not looking to be sellers anymore. We've got our team. We've got our squad. Um, Halliburton's a young engine, and we're ready to, you know, get this first era of uh, this first era run with Tyrese Halliburton with the current roster. And that current roster is like Buddy Healed, who we know Halliburton's tight with um that's one thing that halberton said in his exit interview he said he was going to the bahamas uh with buddy for a couple or like for a little bit of time then he was coming back to indiana i saw there was like a tweet by the pacers like some something saying like maybe like i said like the work never stops or something like that and it was halberton uh i think dwayne washington jr man i don't remember who else i saw maybe i know i think i saw another player So, but it looked like they were in Indianapolis, um, working out together, which is, which is cool. Um, Halliburton said he wanted to be part of the 500. So he's probably in town for a while. Um, and I think that's good. I think that this team, one of the things that I noticed watching, um, quite a few of those exit interviews was guys like O'Shea Brissett, um, Isaiah Jackson, uh, Specifically, those two. I remember using these words, you know, talking about this team needing to have a new identity and they're establishing their identity, and that starts like right now already, is what Brissett said. Um, and I think that they and both of those guys were talking about defense and 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 basically toughness being part of that identity. And I think that that's I think that's a smart well. I mean, just off the top of my head here, it's like, I feel like maybe that's an option that makes sense for this team and this like roster currently constructed and the type of player we have like Halliburton. He gives you an interesting dynamic being a six, five point guard and thankfully not like a six, two point guard or, you know, where he has the size where it's like you could still be a dominant defense. um, And have Halliburton out there and he can be contributing positively to the defense because of his size. I think, I think Um, and when you already have Turner and you already have Isaiah Jackson, um, I mean, those guys are good. Those guys are really good rim protectors. Isaiah Jackson, who knows how good he could end up being defensively, especially if he's able to maybe guard out, you know, just like um, guard guys on the perimeter a little bit more. I don't remember seeing him do that too much. He seems like he would be able to handle that. Um. yeah, he could be a really interesting guy next season paired with Turner. I'm, I do worry where the offense comes from, but it's like, well, if you hang on to, if you hang on to, if Tyrese is, is getting buckets, and that's the wild, the wild card is this lottery pick. Cause what you're hoping, hoping for next year, best case scenario with this lottery pick is that he's a, he's a slam dunk. Like by the end of next season, we know like, yep. We got ourselves a potential all star. There's no question about it. This was this guy's going to be in the league for ten plus seasons, and hopefully, him and Tyrese have formed a uh, an energy together, a one two punch that they they get they, they those two feed off each other, complement each other well, um, in in a in a relationship in a bond that you feel like. Uh, it can stay together for five to seven seasons. You know, like, that would be the best case scenario for the Pacers if if we could actually be title contenders. Because you're, I mean, and I know you got a lot weighing on that, but it's like, if Halliburton can be a number two option, maybe number one option, maybe number two, certainly number three, but, but more like a number two, like for sure he needs to be and then you got this lottery pick who could be a number 1 option that's what the pacer's have got to go for you've got i think you have to go for a home run draft pick wherever you get wherever you land even if it's like 6 or 7 i think you got to swing for the fences for whatever's there and if that's shaden sharp for sure if that's that guy from Arizona then it's him I don't know. I've got, I'm interested still, just in, the, in a guy that you swing for the fences for, and, and a scoring punch, uh, is that I think Jalen Hardy or Jaden Hardy. He played for the G League Ignite team, but I saw his numbers weren't that great. But anyways, um, he'd be somebody that be interested in just as like a home run swing kind of player. But um, I don't know. What else, to, uh, what else to say about that necessarily? Best case scenario, Tyrese Halliburton, next season, 22 years old, going into his third season, he shows us that he can be the best player on a winning team. That's just where we are next season. Not necessarily a championship team, but a 500 team. Uh, a playoff team, even if it's a seven, eight seed, that's fine. This is just like I think next year expectations. Um, hopefully, Halliburton shows us that he can re- he can truly make his teammates better in a winning situation. It's one thing to get a bunch of assists when you're losing. It's just like it just poos on all the stats. It's so hard to just get excited, even though the stats are exciting. It's just hard to get excited when you lose your last 10 games, you lose every, you lose all, every time you play, you lose. And so um, you can't look at this. St- I have a hard time looking at the stats that much, but that being said, next season, same type of energy that Hal Burton's given now, it's just hopefully translated into W's, um, but he's getting his, he's getting everybody better. Guys like the lottery pick guys, like Isaiah Jackson, take a leap. Chris Duarte takes a leap. Miles My- Turner takes a leap. What if, best case scenario, Miles Turner, he does have, he ends up having a career year next year? It's a contract year for him. He plays the season injury free. Maybe he partakes, partakes in, a, in a little bit of load management. I don't think that's the worst case scenario. I think the Pacers should look, look at doing that this season, um, especially with the depth that we kind of have with Isaiah Jackson being able to play center. You got Terry Taylor. I think I should have said Goga Bitazé before Terry Taylor, but I don't know who's better at this point. You know, Terry Taylor's fine. Um, I think he makes sense a little bit, uh, but not. I don't know if he can play in the playoffs. Um, but you know, back to Miles Turner, he just re reestablishes himself as a as an elite defender. That's one thing he said in his exit interview, where I was kind of like, "Damn, Miles, okay." He was like, uh, I want to remind everybody who I am. It's like whenever you miss some games, people start sleeping on you and forgetting what you do. So he wants to go out there and reestablish whatever dominance he thinks he has or, you know, um, whatever that means. I think uh, Turner's an interesting guy, an interesting player where it's like, my heart says, like, just move on from Turner. Just go, like, whatever you can get. Same, kind of the same thing with Brogdon. There's, like, a side of me that just thinks we just need to shed it all. Get rid of Brogdon. Get rid of Turner. And just grow grow this team with Halliburton, lottery pick, Jackson, Duarte. You know, you could hang on to guys like McConnell and Heald. For now, I mean, those, those are good teammate guys, good vets, um, young guys. And then maybe you're still bad next season. That's the thing. If the Pacers cut ways with Brogdon and Turner this year, then I would change the 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 hopes that they would be a 500 team and, and lower those expectations. Even though I would still want to see significant growth from Halliburton and all these guys. But maybe they don't Maybe they're just going to, if they move on from Brogdon and Turner, maybe the Pacers are going to be so young and so inexperienced, they're just not going to be able to win a lot of games, but they might still have a fun, respectable brand of basketball that they're putting out there, and the wins might not tally up that much. But you'd be able to see fight, and you'd be able to see signs that they could be a team that's on the other side of that, uh, you know, the team that is actually doing the winning, the team that's a, 50 plus win team, you know, uh, ready to do, you know, ready to compete in the playoffs because you never know in the playoffs, like guys get injured. Like the, this year, the Bucks lost Middleton. And it's like, I mean, do they, that's, a, I mean, I don't know, you know, that it just makes the odds way or makes your chances of, of beating teams. The variables are way higher with these injuries. Um, so odds are the Pacers would also have injuries, but let's just pretend they didn't. There's a chance. I mean, I could see this team being decent next year, um, you know. And if especially if Miles Turner has a breakout season, we'll see if it happens. I don't know. Um, you know, with uh, with Isaiah Jackson, another guy looking for a breakout season. Um, he, had, I think he had a really good. Rookie campaign. Um, I think he should, like one of the things that would be awesome next season at the end of it, after for Isaiah Jackson is that we can just label him a defensive enforcer as an elite shot blocker. Um, whenever you're looking at this team identity moving forward and looking at the identity of uh, the trade of toughness and defense, i think isaiah jackson is a guy a role player i think safely a role player there's still potential that he's more but safely a role player who embodies those two things um brings the energy he's a lob threat i would love to see like i would love to see a team where it's like maybe isaiah jackson doesn't start but sometimes he starts because we're resting turner and if we keep turner If we don't, then let's just get all Isaiah Jackson and see what we got, Um, which isn't a bad. And that's where it's like, okay, maybe we lose some games next year that we could have won with Turner and Brogdon. Maybe we lose those because we're going with Jackson and Duarte. You know, Um, okay, as long as like Duarte and Jackson are showing us good things like that could be a positive, even if it doesn't mean the Pacers are winning many games next year, which would also mean that we'd get another decent draft pick, which would be a good thing. But still. Now you're talking about a team that's super young. Um and there's potential that just maybe like we don't have anything. We think, you know, because we just lose all the time. I think it's important to start winning some games soon. Um I don't want, I don't want Halliburton's first two or three seasons to just be Pacers as bottom feeder teams. Um I don't think that's good for him. I don't think that's good for the Pacers. Um I think we should be. As long as you're not in and, and I think this is why you gotta move Brogdon, but as long as you're not impeding Hal Burton and this lottery pick, and I think then you right underneath that you got Isaiah Jackson and and potentially Chris Duarte and maybe this, you know, number thirty one pick this year. That's that's kind of a pipe dream. But potentially maybe you take take a swing um and, and you hit on something there. You know, let's let's go. Let's see what we got. And the next era of the Pacer basketball is here. And so I'm all for it. And uh, I think that Isaiah Jackson, you know, this is kind of blasphemy because of how great of a player Kevin Garnett is or when was, but like in a dream world, like Isaiah Jackson, he has a lot of similarities to Kevin Garnett. And I've noticed just listening to Isaiah Jackson in some interviews, like post-game interviews or pre, you know, post-practice interviews or whatever. um, He kind of has this sort of like, fuck you energy that I think is so valuable to have on a team in the playoffs. And um, I think that it reminds me a lot of the way that Kevin Garnett had that energy. And, you know, Jackson's just kind of, he's pretty blunt about things. And um, we'll see, I, you know, he was young, he's only 20 years old, um, but he's 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 shown some flashes that he, he could be really good. And so I'm excited. I'm really excited about Isaiah Jackson next year. I'm really excited about Tyrese Halliburton next year. I'm really excited about this lottery pick that the Pacers have next year. Um, I'm also really excited about Chris Duarte and Chris Duarte showed us flashes last year that he can ball for sure six foot six so he's got some he's got a slightly better than average size out there as a two guard has the ability to probably be a three guard what i want to see he's 25 um but you know he was late to basketball in a sense and he's been getting better every single year and so hopefully we just see it again from 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 chris that he gets his game tight tightens it up a little bit little tighter tighter handle just like just get a little bit closer to being like a A B minus Clay Thompson type player. And that's good. That's good for the Pacers. I don't, best case scenario, Duarte is able to turn it up even more. And he's like a B to B plus Clay Thompson. And he ends up being potentially, depending on who the Pacers draft, you know, maybe Duarte is the starting shooting guard. Not that it necessarily matters, but maybe he's a starter. Or maybe he's our sixth man. But regardless, I just hopefully he, he next year he figures out what that role is, whether that's us be, needing him to be like a 15 to 20-point scorer or being like a 10 to 15-point scorer off the bench. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. But I think Duarte has a lot of room to improve. And I think he, he at least mentally, I think, embodies that toughness. And also he plays with energy and passion. Uh, I think that's got to be things that you're looking for same thing with Isaiah Jackson, same thing with Tyrese Halbert and all these, these guys that I'm named already. I think you, you got to make sure that you get that from the lottery pick too. I want a guy that has some energy to him. Um, not, not a smooth, like, I don't know. I guess it just all depends. It all depends on how good he is. It's like, if it was somebody like, I don't know if they got somebody who's kind of more like soft and then, but the Pacers were winning. I'd be like, Oh, this is cool. Uh, But with Duarte, it's like, all right, healthy season. This first year was a little, uh uh-oh, you know, a little, uh uh-oh, what do we have here? Um, But hopefully next year he shows that he can be an above average three-point shooter, just improve his game in general, just a little bit, even if it, I mean, even if all he is is a role player, I think he can play in the playoffs. Same thing with Isaiah Jackson. I think he could play in the playoffs, um, if not this year, in the next two to three years. Now, I'm t- I mean, I'm not just talking, throwing, throwing dates and stuff out there, but just like, I think Duarte, I'm just saying, these are guys that are like, I think you're building, building with, if you're the, if you're the Pacers, if I'm the GM, I'm looking at Halliburton, my lottery pick as those are my guys. Then I'm looking at complimentary pieces and it's like Isaiah Jackson, Chris Duarte. Um, those are really the guys I think you can lean on right now. Um Going into next season, you could throw in Turner and Brogdon, and that makes the team really good. Another layer of that is Buddy Heald and TJ McConnell. Both of those guys I like. I like those guys as vets way more than I like Turner and Brogdon as vets. I think Turner and Brogdon are kind of in the way in some in some, in some some ways, um, whereas Heald and McConnell can just kind of be uh, scaffolding for Halliburton lottery pick. Jackson Duarte like I I mean Buddy Heald's not going to take a backseat to Chris Duarte but TJ McConnell will um and I think Heald and, du- and Duarte can can which I don't know it just depends that still may be a little crowded then you also got I, I'm, I'm kind of excited about these two guys I, I think that there's potential next year maybe one of these guys turns out to be a player that you could play in the playoffs I think that'd be best case scenario and I'm talking about 24 year old or 23-year-old Goga Batase. I mean, if if either one of those guys can can be part of the team, that, that would be a, a really, really uh, solid thing. And then kind of, the, I mean, so O'Shea, Verset and Goga Batase, that already puts you at 10 roster spots. Then you got Terry Taylor and Dwayne Washington Jr., so there's 11-12. You're going to have the number 31 pick at 13 and then basically you have two picks. You got two spots left as if you're the Pacers as to who you want on this team. And that's, what's going to be super interesting about this uh, off season is how the Pacers end up filling out their roster. I like, I think that there's a world where maybe they go TJ Warren. And then also I heard, and I saw a video of Edmund Sumner doing a really sweet dunk. And I mean, I would be okay with bringing back Sumner and TJ Warren. I know that those, That's probably more just like fanboy stuff. But they give you more... I mean, they give us some scoring, potentially. And especially if they get rid of Brogdon this year, I think that there's some shots that Warren could absorb. And I don't know. I just like Sumner. I, I, I mean, maybe Sumner can be an improvement over Dwayne Washington Jr. Whereas... And this isn't just to... I mean, I like Dwayne Washington Jr., and I hope that he can end up being a a player. I don't know. It's just like... If you think about the team in a playoff situation, is there a world where uh, Dwayne Washington Jr. is in it, and maybe he just gets picked on on defense and it becomes a big liability? Maybe not. Um, And maybe there's a team in that world where Dwayne Washington Jr. is on the Pacers, but actually not getting those playoff minutes. I don't know. It's interesting to see what Terry, Taylor, and Dwayne Washington Jr. are going to be like on next year's team. Did, were they only getting minutes this year because of all the injuries that we had? You know, Or are, are they actually going to carve out minutes individually next year? I, I don't know. I think that there's probably not going to be those minutes available, at least to start the season before there's any injuries but still I mean Taylor and Washington are fine to have and maybe they'll be playing on the on the Fort Wayne team I don't know maybe not. I think that um, I think McConnell could have a good good impact on next year's team. Um, I think that he would be a really good kind of just like hype guy for Halliburton and also bring in bring some toughness and some consistent energy where it's like you know uh it's like when you're watching mcconnell play you never are able to think that like oh you know maybe maybe these next plays don't really matter it's like because because mcconnell's just like bringing it so hard that you have to you have to acknowledge that and be like yeah i'm gonna have to just keep playing hard on defense here because that's what our team is I mean that'd be awesome. Like if the Pacers just had like a really like a really good defense next year, and I don't know, um, it'd be pretty cool if they did. Um, I don't know, but then I also think that there's definitely a chance where this team's really bad again. Maybe we don't have any chemistry. Maybe they keep they hang on to Brogdon and they hang on to Turner, and it's like. Uh, maybe nothing ever gets worked out, and there is no clear direction um, for the growth of the new era, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it doesn't go well. Like I could definitely see that. Maybe Turner isn't. Maybe Turner actually looks like a worse player with more freedom, in theory, to be to be the number one, to be the only guy. You know, down low, maybe he gets exposed for his lack of rebounding ability. Uh, maybe. His shooting isn't necessarily as good. And maybe so maybe his efficiency or maybe his shooting number is actually dip down. Um or maybe Turner maybe Turner takes a role where he's like, I'm a lob threat to Halliburton. I'm a pick and pop threat for Halliburton. Um and I'm I'm protecting the paint. I'm I'm you guys are putting pressure on the outside. If you get if they get by you, I'm there to back you up. Um, that could be the case. We shall see. We shall see. Um, let's see. Is there anything else I want to get into? I talked about the Cavs pick. We're not going to get that, unfortunately. Um, but there's a ton of stuff that there's a ton of stuff to look forward to. I love this. This part of the season is like, in a way, it's kind of the, the most fun whenever you're thinking about what the team could look like next year. And when you're thinking about what each individual player could look like next year in their in their role. Um, hopefully the Pacers next year have an identity and, and and the players have at least some sort of idea of what their ideal role would would be in the success of, of the team. Um, I'm putting a lot on Halliburton and in some ways I feel like I'm not sure that that's the best idea. I don't know if Halliburton can carry that much weight. Um, because of just the level of talent and, and the, the strength of a lot of other teams and other competitors is like, Halliburton could be really good and I think the Pacers could still lose a lot. Um, he's going to have to be great for the Pacers to win a lot. And I think that's where it's like we're not sure he's great. We hope he's great. We knew that Sabonis wasn't going to be great. Like Sabonis was always going to be a number 2 on the best on the best team or 3. Like he wasn't going to be a number 1. And there's a chance that Tyrese could be a number 1 in my opinion. But even if he's not a number one, if he's a number two, that might be okay. But we have to get enough. I think the Pacers have to go for a number one with this draft pick. And forget about what's going on with Brogdon. Forget about what's going on with Turner. Maybe you do just cut ties with those guys. But maybe you want to win. And maybe maybe you want the games to really matter. And maybe you want Halliburton and the lottery pick to be in playoff games right away. Because... This idea that like we're not like we should just punt next year because then maybe we can get another lottery pick. I think that that's not a great way to look at it, and I think that it, the Pacers could be better. I think you got to go for it now. Um, although you got that, I know they've got that cap space too. The, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard rumors out there about um, Jalen Brunson. And I, you know I don't I'm not interested, really. I don't think that he's the type of guy that fits that two- way, but he may be, but I think that you got to make sure then that you got you're drafting some sort of big. Uh cause because I think I don't want I don't want to go smaller than Tyrese. Like Tyrese is already pretty thin out there. I just I, I know that Brunson's sturdier. But I think it's like I just like the idea with you got Jackson playing behind Halliburton. I I want a team where Halliburton Unless he makes drastic improvements, like is almost my worst defender, but he's got enough size where he can cover for it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. I think that the Pacers, there's a chance that maybe they go for it next year. I wouldn't be opposed to it. I would love to see, I would love to be rooting for the Pacers right now, um, regardless of their chances at a title. Just, I want to see them in the playoffs. Life's too short. Like, I think that we. I think that, that they should go for it. I'm not saying that you trade off all your draft picks for you know mid tier players right now. Um, I think that you there's still freedom in this next season, and I would hate to see the Pacers like use the cap space to somehow put a limit to the freedom of them. But I I want to see Halliburton grow. I want to see Isaiah Jackson grow. I want to see Chris Duarte grow. And I want to see the lottery pick. And that we will know the positioning of on May 17th, 16 days from now. And the draft, I think it was like June, maybe like June 23rd. We'll know who it's going to be. It's such a big pick. The Pacers were so bad this year. They were so bad. And we get this pick as... um, a thank you for watching. Just teams that watching games that you just lose all all the time. So uh, let's get over that. Like let's not lose a bunch next year too. Let's start winning games with guys that we hope to win playoff series with. I want to see the Pacers win playoff series with Halliburton being one one of the best players. I want to see wins next year. I don't want to be a lottery team next year. Let's be a playoff team next year. Forget about Brogdon. Forget about Turner. Whatever we get for them, okay. And then so it's like, I know we won't probably make the playoffs then if we actually got rid of Turner and Brogdon, but let's aim at the playoffs at least. Let's let's aim at it. If we don't make it, let's feel it. Let's, let's you know, it's like, oh, huh. we just didn't make it. Then you are looking at a good pick for the next season, but still, that would be a bummer to me. I want to see this team. I want to see the team with Halliburton and Jackson, Duarte, the lottery pick. I want to see a world where they're winning games. Um, and that's what that's what's going to be sweet. All right, I think that is going to be all for the day, and. It was a good season. It was it. It was a good season in the sense that we have a new direction. There's still a lot of questions about the details of the direction, a.k.a. Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Buddy Healds, T.J. McConnell, basically guys that are making money currently. Are they going to be on the team moving forward or not? Um, as of right now, they are. And they're all potentially winning players. Um, we've got those guys. We don't know what we're doing with those guys, but we know what we do have. And on this side, we know we have Tyrese Halliburton. And we know we're going to have a top, God forbid, anything worse than seven, pick in the NBA draft next se- this season. Top seven pick Tyrese Halliburton, LFGO, LFGO. All right, that's going to be a wrap. We'll check in. I can't wait to see where the Pacers are going to pick. Um, And then get to, you know, maybe who are some of the guys that they may end up picking. I don't know. We'll see what we end up doing. But uh, I'm fascinated in this team. I am... um, I'm really, really, really excited to see what they end up being like next year. I can't wait to see the reset that we get, and I hope to see a new identity on this team. And I hope to see that reflected in the draft pick and any off season moves. Is that the talent that we acquire prior to the season next year that it fits the the identity of the team? That we see on the court, you know, next next March, next April, that the team's able to embody that identity and be that team. And maybe that is a defensive team. That's that's I think that's a way that I think that the team should turn. Um because it's powerful. Defense is powerful. Um offense will be there, but defense. Defense guarantees you're in the game, and then you get some gamers on top of that, and you got a team that might be able to compete um, against anybody, any night. So, that's that. That's what we got. All right, everybody, thanks for checking out the pod, and wish you well. Peace.